0: As they're finding their seats, why don't you find the book of Matthew? Oh, oh, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Oh, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Wonderful it is to me, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. I'll sing that again. Everybody ought to know, not bad, everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know know. who Jesus is. That was not good. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand. Everybody ought to know. He is worth knowing and loving. You should give Jesus a hand clap just because he's worth knowing. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I just get a little tiny bit holy tipsy. Right here when they open the book. If you, Matthew chapter six. We're in the book of Matthew, and we're, we're uh, we are we are we're not going very fast. But that's okay. Uh, we're right in the middle of what is called the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is teaching his disciples. If you're a disciple of Jesus, say, I have decided. I have decided. Not, not, Look at that. I got a couple of drummers in the back. What's up with drummer, back row drummers back there? Hey, cool guy, drummers back row, cool guy. You guys smoking cigarettes and drumming in the back? We're so cool back here. I know it. Listen, two great drummers back there. I love them. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have no idea. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6. He's talking. Everybody say, I'm a, I'm a disciple. If you are not a disciple, you should be. You say yes to Jesus. You follow him. You repent of your sin. You turn. You can't follow Jesus and follow sin. Can't do it. You can't say, oh, I want to sin and follow Jesus. Those are, that's, you can't go north and south. So you say, I want to follow Jesus. I say, yes, Him. I turn from my sin. I say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Bring me now into vital contact with your spirit so that I can live for you and live like you. Thank you for being my savior and forgiving me of my sin. I choose to follow you. Lead me. Here we go. Now, how many are disciples of Jesus? Four, of, four or ten of you are. Very good. So. Those that when so Jesus goes around and tells people follow me, follow me, and those that have followed him, he calls them close. Now the crowd can listen, but these are this, these are words for disciples of Jesus, and he's been teaching those that have been his are his disciples. He's teaching them how to pray, and so we're in this 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 sub series in follow me called how disciples pray. So where we what we have seen from about mm, I don't know Golly. From about verse 5 forward, we've seen some things, but now we've landed at verse 9 in what, what what's called the Lord's Prayer. I've kind of, we've kind of called it the disciples' prayer. The Lord is the one who taught it, but the disciples are the one who are supposed to say it. So it's the disciples' prayer. And what we have seen in verses 9 through 13 is that when disciples pray, they are disciples are supposed to pray for heaven on earth. That heaven for a disciple, heaven is our standard of hope and frame of reference. That we don't stop praying until earth looks like heaven. And if that sounds remarkable, then you understand why, why these words have been preserved for over 2,000 years. Because they're phenomenal. This is the Son of God saying, don't just pray baby, tiny, no good, small prayers. Pray really, really big. You, the, the future of this planet is in your hands. And nothing's going to happen until and unless you pray. So pray for heaven on earth. Is there anybody that will pray for heaven on earth? Yeah. We already did this message, and I was excited about it. After that, we see that we all, disciples also get to pray for divine provision. Give us this day our daily bread. That's not, Lord, just give me enough bread to nibble on so that I don't starve every day. Keep me, keep me dependent and, and unhappy and poor. No, it's this. Disciples have been given access to heaven for divine provision. Four people like that. Is anybody else thankful for divine provision? There it is. Thank you. Dr. Zeff, give us this day divine provision. There is no fear. A disciple has no fear. They're connected directly to the Lord, and they have the promise of divine. For everybody who will pray, divine provision. Come back over here. (laughs) I'm not desperate for attention. I'm just looking for somebody happy. Okay. Uh, and for mercy we pray for mercy because we need it and we need to give it Amen. healing and freedom and deliverance always come from mercy oh listen there are spiritual realities we're going to get to in just a minute i'll get it to them, but i can say it now what there we prayer for mercy who listen there are spiritual realities that are dark and evil and not good and one of the greatest, one of the, most, one of the most central means that the enemy gets access to and influence over our lives is when we have not received or given mercy. When we refuse to accept or give mercy, we partner with evil. No bueno. Nobody anybody wants that. But that's not, we already did that one, so we've got to keep going pray for, for mercy. And today we'll see, today we'll see that all of these things are promised to and provided for disciples who will pray. But today we'll see that among these things, we pray for protection and direction. Ooh, somebody say protection and direction. They rhyme on purpose so that you'll remember Okay, you ready to try it with me? Protection and direction. Now, see everything we've seen so far. From the Greek uh, syntax, it says this, that these are promises to us. We are invited. We are expected to pray this way. And the way that the Greek work—not that you care too much—but the aorist the aorist verb there ha- carries the idea that the th- that what you're being asked to pray for will happen contingent upon you praying. I mean, it's, it's, an aorist verb simply means the thing hasn't started yet, and it's waiting for the person to obey. Now, that doesn't mean he's not been merciful or he's not providing, or his kingdom isn't here. He's been here a long time. But the idea is things will happen when you pray. Amen. And the end, what we need to be concerned about is that, well, it's heaven has decided Heaven has ordained that heaven will in, that the, how heaven engages and influences the earth is entirely contingent upon the prayers of the church. Our prayers. Our prayers matter. So we pray, and this morning we see we pray for protection and direction because we need to and because we can, therefore we should. Are you ready? Look at just verse thirteen this morning, please. And we're just going to look at the first part of verse thirteen. Uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Ooh, that's the part in the song where we sing this, where it gets into a real minor key, right? Lead us not temptation, right? That because it's supposed to kind of spook you a little bit, but don't get spooked. Don't get spooked. Be encouraged. But there's a couple of things I always like to kind of start with what this is not saying before we say what it is saying. Again, because we want to avoid being clumsy. We want to, we want to avoid weaponizing this. We want to avoid inviting fear. Uh, lead us not into temptation. This is not, I want to say, everyone say not. This is not us begging God not to tempt us. Oh, please don't tempt us, Lord. Please don't tempt us, Lord. No, no, no. Now, we don't need to go further than that. Hang on over there, okay? Uh, we, we don't need to go too far with this. We don't need to go into all the biblical reasons why, but the big idea is this. God doesn't tempt us. He has no interest in our sinning, okay? He has no interest in that. So what is saying this, how, how we need to understand this is we must put both of these clauses together. They have to be, this is understood as, as both things are put together. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And again, a little bit of grammar here. Is that okay? Can we get a little grammar heavy, a little grammar happy? Okay. I, we don't. We often joke about sometimes the, the Greek, a specific tiny Greek word, isn't important, but sometimes it's really important. And here, Micah, the word "but" is important. Micah, Micah has his own little sermon series about how important the word "but" is. He should share it sometime. But, but here, the word "but" really changes the rhythm and the emphasis of this of these passages because when we read it in the English in the linear it just looks like the first, the first thing we hear is lead us not into temptation and, and then the next and then it's like almost like the next idea comma deliver us from evil that's not how it works the word but changes the emphasis here so it, it is this lead us not into temptation But rather, but rather, but more importantly, but the emphasis is deliver us from evil. So the actual request, the actual interest, what we're petitioning, what we're asking the deliverer for is protection. So that's the emphasis of the passage. Lord, be my protector, be my deliverer. We we are aware that evil is real and we need a deliverer and a protector. And disciples are given access, specific, powerful provision to say, Lord, Jesus is saying, if you ask for it, I will protect you from evil. You, in other words, you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to live under evil's boot. You don't have to be pushed around, beat down, pressed down, all that stuff. You don't have to run around from be afraid from evil. You can live as an overcomer. Yeah. You, you have a protector and a deliverer. Yeah. Evil does not have to have access to your heart, to your home, to your family line. It does not have to. So he says, Lord, protect us. And because we're asking for protection, Lord, lead us away. Give us direction. In other words, we might, the prayer might sound something like this. Don't let us go south, but keep us headed north. What's the request there? North, right? There's the emphasis. We want to go north. Don't, don't let us go south, Lord, but instead, but rather, that's the idea of the rhythm. Of the passage, but instead, but rather, lead us not into temptation, but instead, but rather, but Lord, this is the point, deliver us from evil. Lord, we need your protection, so we also ask for your direction. I might add this don't ask for his protection if you won't follow his direction. Deliver us from evil. Disciples pray for protection. The word "deliver us" that's pretty—it's pretty strong language. Deliver, I mean, deliver us means rescue us. It could actually be translated "drag us away." Now that now on that that has two kind of connotations to it. Drag us away kind of feels like "drag me away, kicking and screaming." Almost like Lord, even when I even when I don't know what's good for me, get me out of here, okay. But it also means mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. hold on to him. I need you to not be his mommy, okay? I need you—no, you're being mommy. I want you to like her, yeah, okay? So if yeah, nobody else is around, I had somebody else do it, and I wouldn't. Don't you do that to your mom, okay? Uh, drag us away means if Max is being held by someone stronger than him, then he doesn't need me to go. Come on, Max. Come on, you can do it, okay? He needs me to, to, to get in there and wrestle him out and drag him away. You, this is what disciples pray for. Jesus, there is a world that's bigger than me, darker than me, larger than my, my own physical abilities, but you are greater. So, Lord, I don't, I'm not just asking for you to say, come on, champ, you can do it. I need I need I I need the son of David. I I need the warrior king to come and help me and set me free. But here's the thing, not it's not just that I need that, I have access to him because I'm his disciple. This is the this is what's being provided. Disciples, yes. Pray, deliver us from evil. He didn't, he, that's, not, that's not, he's not flirting with us. He's not giving us, well, you never know if you get lucky. No, this is, this is a direct offer of provision, of special grace to disciples of Jesus. I'm happy about that. So deliver us from evil. Okay, here's the deal. This is the part where you, be, be careful how fast you amen, because I'm not wanting you to so be it, all of these, okay? So, you know, I know we're excited, but don't, don't say, yay! But we need to acknowledge that some reality here, and that Jesus says, deliver us from evil. Or, as it's translated, from the evil one. Which means, we are praying, we are asking for the Lord to deliver us from all evil, but we also recognize that in this passage, we will see that evil is not ambiguous, Evil has a source. Evil has a source and an agenda. Our adversary is evil, is the evil one. We have an evil enemy. I, now he got real quiet. He said not to say amen. Well, I'm not asking you to, you know, shut down on me. Just don't celebrate this, okay? But, but you've got to know that it's true. Jesus is the one telling us this. The rest of the New Testament affirms that, that we have an evil enemy and it'll do you no good to pretend he doesn't exist it'll do you no good to stick your head in the sand it'll do you no good to assume that oh this is just all circumstance or whatever or it's just fate no jesus came and the first thing he does in the in the in the synoptic gospels the first thing jesus does that that he starts blowing things up is jesus comes he doesn't just come and start his ministry telling parables he doesn't start, he doesn't come to his ministry and say, "You know what? Y'all y'all, y'all. people didn't run to him from all over the region because he stood up and said, "Y'all ought to be nice to each other." He did say love one another, but why did people come to Jesus from all over the place? Why did they run to him? Why did they seek him out? Why did they not why did they haunt him and not give him any rest? Number 1, the first thing he did was demonstrate that he alone had the authority to drive out evil spirits with a word. He is the deliverer. He, came, he, he, he did not come to play. He came as an invader. He came as heaven's emissary to drive out and away the kingdom of darkness. Paul will later say in, Col- in the book of Colossians that he has rescued us, delivered us from the power of darkness, and transferred us into the Basalia, the kingdom of his son. Jesus is the deliverer, and the reason why is because there is evil. Now we're not trying to we're not trying to get excited about that. We're not trying to you know parade that around. But but if we deny it, then we will empower it. We have an evil enemy, and it should cause you not to be afraid, but to be alert. Don't be afraid. Be alert. Here, let's let's just go to the Bible. It'll be more persuasive. Uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through twelve. Here's Paul. Finally. Be strong in the Lord. Don't be a wimp. There's no Bible for a wimp. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand against, let, let these individual words, they get glossed over and everything, against the devil's schemes. That's personal and strategic there is a devil who is scheming against you again don't be alarmed be alert do you know that you are in a fight you know the worst way that the the, the way that you I guarantee you will not win a fight is if you don't know you're in one yeah, you will just get beat up and not know what's happening you are in a fight. Listen, for, verse 12, for our struggle. You know what he said there? I know it's low-hanging fruit, but there it is. The struggle is real. I don't appreciate it, Pope's. I don't need some big, heavy sigh. I'm going to make you say the struggle is real every time I see you now. For our struggle, which is real is not, oh, here, now I can't do it, is not against flesh and blood. All right, you're off the hook. Is not against flesh and blood, but but let me word it this way, but our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You don't need no paperback novel. You don't. You don't need so nonfiction. You know, fantasy nonsense to uh, to to paint a picture. The Bible says it all by itself. It doesn't need amplification. The Bible, when you leave it just as it is, is radical and makes radical claims. The Paul just said that there are dark sport forces of evil in the heavenly realms, in the in the spiritual realms, that are contending and working against the church, and we struggle against them. Now, that doesn't, that, don't, don't put on your decoder ring and want to be a superhero there. The, Jesus, what, what Paul says is, are, be strong in the Lord, stand in the protection of the Lord, and stand against those schemes. But what, what we need to see is, you have an evil enemy. Peter also says in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, be alert. There it is. Everybody say, be alert. Be alert. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. He's not saying all this. Be Be alert and of sober mind, be serious about this, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to intimidate. Looking for someone to devour. Understand, that, let, let this be all by itself enough. You have an enemy. Peter compares that enemy to a roaring lion. I hesitate to tell the story again, but again, my wife was just in the, at the, saf- at the little, uh, little 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 Southern Oregon safari experience a few few weeks ago, and she went and she had the little she went and saw the lions because she loves lions and lions are amazing. But she fed the lions like food, and and that's enough. And uh, but and as she was doing that, apparently she might have got close or whatever. You know, and Mrs. Dab occasionally gets enthusiastic, <laughs> and she likes lions a little bit. And, uh, uh, but anyway, I, she's so, I'm, showing the, I'm seeing this video, and the, the female lion must have thought Mrs. Dab got a little close to her dinner. And that, that thing didn't even, she didn't even say anything. She just jumped up aggressively onto the, onto the cage. And that's enough to make you lose whatever lunch you just ate. <laughs> Ooh, that's frightening. And that was just quiet. That was just a movement. But Peter uses specific language. You might think, hey, Peter, that's a little dramatic. Peter is using specific language. Your enemy, the devil, prowls. That means agenda. Prowls. He's looking like a roaring lion to intimidate, to frighten. What do you want to do? He's looking for someone to devour. I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm not trying to create fear. But we've gotta, we've, we can't walk through this passage without recognizing that Jesus is, is telling his disciples that they are up against an evil enemy with an agenda. We have an evil enemy, but God is our protector. The scriptures promise his protection, and Paul tells us that no matter how many promises of God there are, every single one of them is yes in Jesus Christ. So as disciples of Jesus, you have personal front robe, blue ribbon, lanyard wearing, gold ticket having access to every single promise of God. And here's just a a sampling of them. God is our protector. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 23, we know this one, but it's so good. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He guides me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for for you are with me. Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Isaiah 41 and 10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Is that pretty good? It gets even better, more specific. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. This is Paul again. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Evil is real. Our deliverer is real. Evil is real, but we have a deliverer. But because evil is real... Here's the next part of the passage. We pray for direction. We pray to be led away from evil. We pray to be led away from evil we disciples pray for direction we pray that the lord will lead us not because we're afraid that he's disinterested or doesn't isn't but no this is really us praying for a, a consecration this is us saying lord we want to follow you we commit to following your direction somebody say direction if you're not if don't ask for his protection if you're not interested in his direction the Lord promises to deliver us and to protect us from our enemies. But if I have flirted with something, if I've made room for something, if I've accommodated something, if I've, if, I've, if I've given something a little pet name, then it's no longer an enemy, it is my friend. Lead us not into temptation. In other words, lead us away from places or people or circumstances where we might be otherwise vulnerable or weak or foolish. Somebody came to me first service and said, man, where I work, it's evil everywhere. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to, you know, I, I supposed to just leave my work? And I said, no, 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 that's not the point here. The point is that even when you are surrounded by darkness or evil, you're not going to partner with it. You're not going to partake in it. You're not going to yield to its influence. You are saying, Lord, direct me away from those things. And Christian, this also means, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Maybe you should, oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. You don't, You, if you're looking for protection, when we recognize that evil is real, then we should take certain things more seriously. It's not fun and games. You can't watch that. You can't watch that. It's not a family thing for you to enjoy. What's that? If I have to tell you, There are, there are programs that you should not be watching. There are, there are novels you should not be reading. Why? Because you shouldn't partner with those things. You don't have to be a, a deathly afraid, but you need to be alert. Dr. Matthews taught us when we were at ORU years ago. He told us a story in chapel about a man who had a pet python. And it was his pet. He had a little cage for it and everything. But, you know, he got... He got he kind of you know the Python maybe looked friendly or whatever, and he would take the Python out and kind of let it you know hang out with him and i don 't know carry it around or whatever He got into the habit of kind of letting it letting it out of the cage and eventually he 'd let it kind of be in his room or in, at, in, at night and kind of he 'd lay it on the bed or whatever else and they got along they got along swimmingly until one day there was a, a, a obviously a, a phone call and uh, the, and they couldn 't find the young, they couldn 't find the guy and they came to his house. And they found him in his bed, dead, having been wrapped, squeezed to death, killed by this python. That's stupid. That's stupid. But, and, and, but Dr. Matthews told us as, as ORU students, he said, you, look, you don't, have, you don't have to be afraid of a snake, but don't invite him into your bed. Lead us, Jesus, lead us away from partnering with evil. Lead us away from making room for it in our lives. Christians, I'm 48. I've been in church 49 years. And I know that a lot of times Christians, uh, hmm, they make room for stuff and then wonder why stuff happens. We must not. Make room for trouble. Right. That's good. Ephesians 427, Paul says, do not give the devil a foothold. That word is tapos. It means a place. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him a place to get his foot lodged against you. Don't give him leverage. Right. He did not have a right to access in your life. Don't give it to him. That's right. That's right. Don't entertain evil. Don't flirt with it, don't harbor it, don't compromise, don't excuse it. What do you would do? Matthew 26, 41, Jesus tells his disciples, his closest amigos in the garden, he says to them, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Then he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Prayer is a thing, the thing that will strengthen us And focus us and keep us. Lead me not. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. There's a reason Jesus wants us to pray this. There's a reason Jesus wants us to pray this. Leonard Ravenhill said years ago praying men stop sinning, sinning men stop praying. Disciples pray for protection, for direction, because we need to, because we can. Friends, again, this is not here just for our information. This is not here just to remind us of a problem. This is here to say that you and I need to pray. Would you say it with me? We need to pray. We need to pray pray because of the presence of evil and temptation around us. We need to pray because of the promise, the clear promise of God's protection and direction. We need to pray because this is given to us on the condition that we will pray. This is also given to us for assurance. Assurance. Assurance that your prayer is heard. As a disciple of Jesus, your prayer is heard. When you pray, disciple of Jesus, you can count on heaven's influence. When you pray, disciple of Jesus, you can count on provision. When you pray, disciple of Jesus, you can count on mercy. And disciple of Jesus, when you pray, you can count on protection and direction. And that is what it means to follow Jesus. Let's stand and pray together today as we close. I know it's getting later in the day and several of you probably have somewhere to go. Your appetite's probably telling you it's time to go. But we want to be careful not just to be hearers of the word. We don't want to just hear something and walk away. The problem with doing that is it creates a hardness in our heart. Every time we don't respond to what we've heard or seen, we develop a callous in that place. So take a few more moments, will you, with me. And let the Holy Spirit talk to you about what Jesus said.